cool. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Life Through Distorted Lens. This is Lindsay, your host. Welcome. Let's see. Uh, let me share my screen here. Again, if you're not watching um, this podcast, I am on Odyssey for the most part because YouTube just doesn't want to uh, deal with any sort of truth speak. So let's just get right into it with some... Uh, I just, I'm not going to even say anything. We're just going to play it. Yeah. A public service announcement for all of my ladies out there. This summer, we will not be putting up with unappreciative men in our lives. So I just got this set and I look <laughs> good as hell. Well, I sent a photo to a man and his response was, that's a nice color on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will not be putting up with that. I just blessed you with my beauty. And that's your response? No, you take a fire photo, send it to me, send it to your friends. We will be way more appreciative of it than any cis hat man out there. Know your worth, lady. My God. Um, what have we done? Not even we. Well the internet really um this is just pure narcissism and i also feel like social media has given people a reason to like act out a character or like be something that you're not really it's so clear that she's acting like putting on this uh you're not gonna mess with me type persona um for the people that are not able to witness what is going on Listeners only, this is a very obese woman wearing some, I don't even know how to explain it. It's some sort of titty hammock uh, bathing suit ordeal. And it just looks like scraps of fabric like Ariel was wearing when she uh, traded in her fish tails for legs. Uh, I don't even know. You know, I'm, I have to wonder, like, does this person actually think that she looks good? Part of me is like, yay, self-confidence is always great, you know? And you should strive for happiness at whatever size you're at. But you should also strive for health and like to be the healthiest human body that you can be. And this woman, there's no way this woman is able to walk a flight of stairs and feel okay or even feel okay living. Like I know for myself when I have to pause this because it's so distracting. Maybe I'll just keep it going for you guys. You can just really study it. Um, at least for myself, whenever I eat better, because uh, I've definitely gained weight being here in Texas, and I'm like conflicted, but uh, whatever, it's fine. I'll live. I also got off Concerta. I'm going to be real with you. I was on Concerta for years, and that's basically a molecule away from like a methamphetamine. I don't know what that stuff does to my body, honestly. Um, that's probably going to, I may have a, after effects of that later on down the road, who knows, but it's just, it like eats away the food you eat. I don't know. Anyway, um, I've been, you know, I ate yummy Texas food, trying out food here. And, uh, guess what? You don't monitor your diet. And I was very strict about my diet. I was basically eating grilled chicken and veggies. You know, I'm just trying to explain to you that I, um, ate very clean. I rarely went out, but it was also like a balance of, I didn't have any friends in California, I wasn't very social going out to restaurants. I don't know. It's always a, a choice of choosing which food to eat whenever you eat. Ugh, tangent. Um, you know, 
I still strive to work out every day or at least five, six days a week. Um, there's just uh, what my, I'm trying to say here is that there's no way this woman is able to live her life and feel healthy. And I, I, these people maybe have been overweight their entire life. They may not even know what healthy eating and living healthy even feels like. And, um, you know, I just really hope these people can find a way to eat better and find health. Health is crucial to living your fullest potential in your life. Go figure. I mean, this, this fat acceptance thing is ridiculous. I'm not scared of fat people. I look at obese people. And honestly, the first thing I think is they're, they've, they've been through some sort of trauma. Um, it's an addiction. Yeah. I just, these people are really, I'll, all I see is really damaged people. When I see these people, um, this woman has got some sort of issues. I'm not any sort of psychiatrist. Anyway, let's, uh, exit this screen off. I have quite a few tabs open as you can see. Um, so I don't know if you guys watched the Super Bowl. Uh, I did because my neighbor invited us and I, it's, it was an opportunity to be social if any, more than anything. And yes, my hair is absolutely dreadful. I'm just, it's kind of like a science experiment. I let food go, uh, raunchy in the fridge occasionally to see how it gets moldy. Cause I'm, I don't know. I like to observe things. Science experiment, literally. So I'm just watching my hair grow out in a very, uh, natural way. You know, I haven't been to the hair salon to, uh, get it corrected or even dyed it back to dark brown myself it, it looks black in the screen right now like look at this difference I, I don't care i'm i'm like whatever um i'll probably die it back at some point but i guess a part of me doesn't want to let go of the blonde anyway but that's real that's real me anyway so um super bowl i was waiting for some sort of occult thing or satanic symbolism to happen during the uh halftime and i think there's there's there was a couple of commercials that definitely had some occult symbolism in it, you know, checkerboard floor, um, elitism with the, uh, I don't know what commercial it was, but it was like, I don't know. They always throw all these celebrities in these commercials and there were just opulence and riches. I think it was like a Roomba commercial. I don't know. It was on mute, I think. So there's this one commercial that they're advertising a at home COVID test kit and it's just, I saw it and I was like, this is a cult. Like, how in the world can you look at this and be like, oh, this is going to be always accurate. It's called Q. Um, it is composed of a reader and single-use cartridges and wands. Users place the cartridge in the reader, swab their nose as they would with a traditional at-home test. And then put the wand in the cartridge. And 20 minutes result will be sent via the Q Health app. Write to the user's phone or other digital device. It's a big ass yikes. An independent study by the Mayo Clinic, as if the Mayo Clinic hasn't been captured, found the Q tests were more than 97% accurate when compared to a molecular lab test. You've got to be kidding me. So there's been some uh, upset about it because there's some sort of membership you can uh, subscribe to. It's, 30, it's $40 a month. Or Q plus complete for $75 a month. I'm rounding up here. So you get 10 for essential. What is this? But both entitled members to COVID tests, 10 for essential, 20 for complete. I don't know what that means. 24 seven virtual care via the app. I'm so grossed out that people lean so much on, oh, I can't stand my hair. I need a haircut. There's like, ooh. lean so much on technology to tell them how to live their life. Like, 
keep your face in your app all day and look at your app. Like as if your app's going to save you. 20% discount off additional tests and 100% off the Q reader. How much is it? The social media has a mixed opinions. Yeah. Oh yeah. It says it's either $40 or $75 a month on membership. This is the cost of refills. I'll stay broke. I'm good. Ridiculous. Moving on. Where's the X out of here? No, thanks. Oh uh, yeah. There was a satanic temple. Uh, and I'm sorry, there is a Satan con in Arizona city that rejected groups invocation. Um, you know, Christians protested it at the three day convention. Christians gathered, prayed and read scriptures outside of Arizona an Arizona hotel that hosted a three day event by the Satanic temple called Satan con that included such sessions as raising children in a Satanic household and abortion as a religious right. Abortion is killing babies. How many times I've got to say it? I'll keep saying it doesn't matter. Um, you are murdering a human life. It's not about, you know, of course, Satan would confiscate. Is that the right word? Would confuse Juna. Oh my God. Would confuse you on what abortion actually is. It is absolutely killing a baby. I'm going to have to look at her. She's irritating. Excuse my sniffles. Um, my ear has been blocked for uh, over a month now because I, uh, I have, I don't know, narrow issusion tubes of some sort and uh fluid got trapped up in my ear because it won't drain through the astuction tube. And uh, it's pretty annoying. I'm, I'm pretty deaf in my left ear and um, I don't know, just like nasally up here. Also, no matter what, if I wear makeup and wear contacts, which I am now, my contacts will always go blurry within like two hours. Pretty annoying. Why would I wear contacts in if I knew this was going to happen? Anyway, uh, let's see. We're out here to let the Satanists know that there's no place for evil in Arizona, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I guess there's not much more to say. And in a statement about the event, the Satanic Temple's co-founder and spokesperson, Lucian Greaves. Like, come on, there's no way that's that guy's name. Well, let me make this bigger, maybe. Uh, oh, Lucian Greaves. I'm like, really, bro? Did you, uh, you were just born with that name? just like people are born gay, which no, you're not. In addition to creating a community for our members, SatanCon serves as an expression of our goodwill toward the city of Scottsdale. Despite the perplexing and unfortunate ruling against us, which defied precedent and common sense. I'm not sure what that means. <sighs> what? Accept that as an invitation to turn Scottsdale into the happy satanic fun capital of the world? That's gross. That's really sick. That's really purely evil that Satanists would call what they do is something happy. Satan would lie to you like that, though, so it makes, it makes sense. The statement said that SatanCon would have talks and presentation on the group's efforts to protect members' reproductive rights. See how they frame it? They're framing it as your reproductive right to kill babies. Ridiculous. Fight psychiatric abuse. What? What is that? Like, going to church? Oh, psychiatric abuse. Uh, protect children from abuse in schools. I really wonder what they mean by that, though. Do they mean protecting children from abuse in schools? So uh, making sure they have porno pornographic books. Hmm. Promote addiction recovery and build support for TST's after school club. I guess that's the Satan Temple. Yeah, the Satan Temple after school club. Hilarious. Yeah. In 2016, the Satan Temple launched a nationwide after school Satan club to counter Christian student organizations in public schools. Anyway, that's sickening stuff. Oh, well, hello. T the, today is just a cat. 
easy peats. Little butts. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to like lean back so you can use my back. Cameo by Clippy. He's like, oh, you're recording? Well, I'm just gonna come sit right here. If you're not watching and you're listening, Clippy is on the back of my chair. He loves doing this. Oh, what is this one? Oh yeah, <clears throat> so I keep recording on the Canadian truckers. Gibson Go was hacked. Donors leaked amid fundraiser for Canadian trucker convoy pro uh, protests. I guess it would help if I share my screen. Uh, da -da -da -da. The Christian crowdfunding site Gibson Go has been hacked and temporarily disabled after it facilitated raising the, uh, of nearly nine million for the convoy of Canadian truckers who have been protesting vaccine mandates. Uh, let's see. The site has raised over 8.7 million in one week after the GoFundMe effort was taken down. So I think the GoFundMe left off on um, 10 million, which is absolutely incredible. Speaks volumes for who is behind uh, freedom, really. Let me make sure my mic is okay here. Uh, hackers posted on GIFs and Go as seen from the Disney film Frozen. What? As a backdrop, along with a statement, blasting the website and the protest movement known as the Freedom Convoy, According to the Daily Dots, Mikhail Phelan. What? No way. That is the corniest schnit I've ever heard. I'm trying not to cuss here. It's loading. Is this a screenshot? Uh, the statement alleged that those who had contributed to the fundraiser were the same ones who had helped, quote, helped fund the January 6th insurrection in the U.S. Wow. And had helped fund an insurrection in Ottawa. This is insane. They're trying to frame it as like a January 6th moment, which we all know January 6th was put on by the feds. It was not a real insurrection at all. People walked into the Capitol. Oh no, worse than 9-11. Ah. On behalf of sane people worldwide who wish to continue living in a democracy, I am now telling you that Gifts and Go itself is frozen. The statement continued. Ow. As of Monday, the Gifts and Go website yields a blank white page that reads application or maintenance, blah, blah, blah. So... Uh, let's see what Gibson Go is le left off <laughs> left off on. Is this it? What? Um, I'm going to their Twitter right now as it is quite slow in loading. So <laughs> clippy, cheesy peats. So I know that they they weren't taken down last that I had heard. It was back up. Um uh, let's see. Okay, here's this was a statement they put out yesterday. What is no Clippy? Stop. Come on, boy. Go over there and look at the birds. Lord Almighty. Cats are like, not today, mom. Let me read it over here. We know there are many questions concerning the attacks on Gifts and Go Sunday night. Sunday evening, February 13th. Gifts and Go was attacked by malicious. And the cat is climbing the back of the freaking green screen. And that was over there. Stop! Hey! No, he's eating my dot paper for my sewing. Ay, ay, ay. There was a broadcasted breach showing one such actor legally hacking into Gifts and Go and distributing the names and emails of the donors of the Freedom Convoy campaign. However, no such credit card information was leaked. No money was stolen. Gifts and Go as a dedicated team aggressively focused on identifying these malicious actors and pursuing actions against their cybercrime. At the time of the intrusion, Gifts and Go security team immediately shut down the site to prevent further illegal actions against our site. We also have performed many security audits to ensure the security of the site before bringing the site back online. 
We are in a battle. We didn't expect it to be easy. This has not caused us to be afraid. Instead, it's made it even more evident that we cannot back down. Thank you for your continued support, prayers, and the countless emails letting us know that you're sitting with us. So there's that. Oh, my Lord. Okay, the cats are driving me. Stop. This is why I have to have cats, like, locked up in a room. Ah, Lord. What a mess. As I told Chloe to go sit somewhere, as if that's going to work. We shall see if it works. This is hilarious. This image of, what is this? This is from, I'm confused. Is this, oh my God, this is the, this is, that is extremely lame. Like this is hilarious. They used a, I guess an image from the movie Frozen. I can't really tell. It looks like some Frozen thing. Actually, yeah. That is extremely corny. It tells you the age of these people that are doing that. Yikes. Big ass yikes. Oh, yeah, this is interesting. So I'm going to admit that I don't understand. Um, I guess I could, I could do I could just do a uh, Google search to understand it. But Trudeau is something in Canada. And so there's other people. Doug, I believe his name is. Um, I could be very wrong on that. Who are, apparently, Ontario is going to drop COVID mandates by March. Um, it's confusing because Trudeau is all being authoritarian and Nazi-like or Hitler-like, really. So I don't understand, I guess, their branches of government. Ontario, Canada is set to drop COVID-related restrictions by March 1st after thousands of freedom-loving Canadians put pressure on government officials to ease coronavirus rules and regulations. According to a report from Deep Hive News, almost all COVID restrictions will be rolled back by March, including capacity limits for most settings. Breaking, Ontario announces it will ease COVID mandates. The government says it will remove vax passports on March 1st and lift capacity limits starting February 17th. Mask mandates will, however, remain. Interesting, this mask stuff. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The whole mask thing, it's just very clear to me that having the masks um, be implemented at all is to remind everyone that we're in the middle of a pandemic. So if you were to remove the mask, I, I really truly believe that people would just wake up. Um, it's just a very visual reminder of uh, the government and World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and all these lunatics reminding you that um, we still own your freedom or something of some sort. I'm trying to remedy the hair of some sort, some sort of thing here. Meh. Okay. Ontario will end. Okay, you get it, you know. So it's confusing. Oh, let's see. It appears that the massive freedom convoys, which have been protesting in Canada for weeks now, likely put pressure on government officials to loosen the tyrannical grip of COVID-related, quote, emergency powers. Um, yeah. So I'm going to exit out of that one. Moving on. Oops, crap. Oh, all right, I'm going to move into a subject called ESG. ESG, um, I'll get into it. These are probably out of order a little bit, but bear with me here. Uh, so let's see. Democrats created legislation, which this is from Ethan Van Skyver. Ethan Van Skyver. I could be seeing that wrong on Twitter. Democrats created legislation which permits employers to invest 401ks into companies based on factors other than pro profitability, specifically wokeness on social issues and the climate. These companies are now incentivized to promote left-wing causes. It's basically kind of like critical race theory 
Green New Deal, uh, equality, um, all that woke stuff, really, to put it quite plainly. The next part, investors all watch these companies and their social credit scores as signals to where everyone who is participating is going to invest their money. This causes an especially woke companies' stock to rise, pleasing their shareholders. Finally, this means that companies must get woke quick and must make the case that they really truly care about diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's a competition to get the highest social credit score in order to attract the attention of these investors. What that means for everyone else is that we're fucked. We're going to be preached at about LGBTQ and racial issues for as long as ESG is the law. Disney and Warner Brothers are going to destroy all of their characters with race and gender swapping in order to virtue signal. These characters and IPs that they didn't create are going to be used as fuel for these companies to pretend they are super duper care because they're all in terrible debt. Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Star Trek. It's never going to stop. It's going to get far, far worse. We are talking about $35 trillion in investment capital. This is, by the way, this guy's a comic artist and he's pretty damn based because I believe he used to work for Marvel um, or DC, one of those, and started making his own comic book because he just realized that um, the comics were getting ridiculously woke, you know, making Superman gay or Superman's daughter or something, whatever. It's not even worth mentioning at this point. It's just ridiculous. Um, so there is every reason to pretend corporations are people who care. Warner, Warner Brothers is literally inventing job titles to hire women and people of color. Vice President of Inclusion. This is not even a joke. So I'm going to go on. And this is James Lindsay. He's awesome. Uh, his Twitter is at Conceptual James. I've been following him for a while now. Stay, he says, stay, stay away from ESG. It's designed to make you buy into com communal fascist state. Look who pushes it. So this is a screenshot from the World Economic Forum. The title says of the article, World, Eno World Economic Forum releases framework to help business identify business? Shouldn't it be businesses? Identify ESG factors for long-term resilience. Let's see. And Clippy is jumping in my chair. Yet again. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my lord. I'm trying to do a podcast. This is the second time. Oh my god, cat. <laughs> lord mighty. Lord is mighty. Oh, okay, that's Tony. Okay, well you wanted to go. <laughs> oh, I'm not a cat lady, I swear. I just have three cats. Continuing, you're missing out if you're not um, watching. American CEOs are now getting bonuses for implementing critical race theory in corporations and engaging in discrimination. This is the point of ESG scores to force woke ideology into companies and incentivize leaders to discard shareholder capitalism and civil rights laws. I'm going to click into this and try to read some of it. If it'll load. Oof, I can't read that from here. Okay, you're just going to have to, uh, I can't read it, I'm blind. Like, I even have my contacts in. I don't know. Our commitment to inclusion, diversity, and equity at Starbucks. This is obviously something from Starbucks back in October 14, 2020. We will be transparent in our approach to inclusion, diversity, goal setting, and progress. 
We're committed to publicly sharing our current workforce diversity. Lord, the virtue signaling is through the roof. If I could stop messing with my hair, that'd be pretty nice, huh? We will set annual inclusion and diversity goals based on retention rates and pro progress toward achieving BIPOC representation, ugh, which means by persons of color. Why is this any sort of focal point or objective of these companies? It's 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 like such a distraction from what you should be doing. Just sell the fucking coffee. Well, there goes my first cuss word. Um, uh, at least 30% uh, BIPOC representation of at least 30% at all corporate levels and at least 40% at all retail and manufacturing roles by 2025. We will complete the rollout of an, an analytics tool that will provide leaders with visibility to current diverse representation relative to Starbucks, Starbucks's representation goals. We will continue to publicly share our inclusion, inclusion and diversity commitments, Blech. goals and progress through annual reporting. We will hold ourselves accountable at the highest levels of the organizations. This is exhausting. Can you believe people are actually just going with this and loving it? I mean, I worked at Starbucks for two years. This was years ago. And um, it just changed. It turned extremely, extremely corporate as if it wasn't already. But it, it got really disgusting. And the fakeness of it was uh, not good on the palate. So I quit very soon after that. It was just... That was also when they first introduced the... Uh, like lunch items, like sandwiches and whatnot, and cheese plates or whatever. I was like, what the, what is this? This isn't coffee anymore. This is bizarre. Now they have like pink unicorn vomit um, frappuccino. Like frappuccinos aren't even coffee. It's just pure freaking sugar. Gross. Uh, let's see. We will incorporate measures focused on building inclusive. This is exhausting. Inclusive and diverse teams into our executive compensation programs beginning in FY21. We will establish an internal governance structure to integrate inclusion and diversity throughout the organization beginning with an Oh, geez. We will require all vice, I guess, vice president plus leaders to complete a two-hour anti-bias training in the foundational and racial bias courses from the to-be-welcoming curriculum as a role expectation. Oh, lordy. Oh, sick, sick stuff. This is still uh, James Lindsay's tweets. Oh, let me make this bigger. This is not big enough here. The fundamentals of ESG. So, hey, commercial break. You can support my work by joining the Rational Revolution on my Subscribestar, which is subscribestar.com forward slash distorted lens. Or you can donate directly through my PayPal, which should be some link somewhere around here. I'll put it up. Just want to have a commercial break and make sure that you uh, support my work. If you enjoy the work that I do, if you get any sort of entertainment, any sort of education, and you just want to support my work, you can do that by doing one of the things I just mentioned. So back to the show. Alrighty. Fundamentals of ESG. ESG grew out of investment philosophies clustered around sustainability and thereafter socially responsible investing. Early efforts focused on screening out that is excluding companies from portfolios largely due to environmental, social, or governance concerns. While more recently, ESG has favorably distinguished companies that are making positive contributions to the elements of ESG. Premised on treating environmental and social issues as core elements of strategic positioning. While climate figures prominently in ESG discussions, there is no single list of ESG goals or examples, and ESG concepts often overlap. 
That being said, the three categories of ESG are increasingly integrated into investment analysis processes and decision making. The E captures energy efficiencies, carbon footprints, greenhouse gas emissions, deforestation, biodiversity, climate change and pollution mitigation, waste management and water usage. The S covers labor standards, wages and benefits, workplace and board diversity, racial justice, pay equity, human rights, talent management, community relations, privacy and data uh, excuse me, protection, health and safety, supply chain management, and other human capital and social justice, justice issues. The G covers the governing of the E and S categories, corporate board composition and structure, strategic sustainability overnight and compliance, executive compensation, political contributions, and lobbying and bribery and corruption. This is from the Harvard Law School Forum on cover, Corporate Governance. Blech, these words. Ew. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next is still from James Lindsay. ESG is, is to be the gold standard. Compliance is the new way to do business. ESG is the enforcement tool. I believe this uh, screenshot that he posted is, is from Klaus Schwab's yeah, World, World Economic Forum. Uh, he said, we'll lead the new dictatorship. Nowadays, business leaders no longer consider the improvement of stakeholder value as an option. For all the reasons expanded in other parts of this book, they know that there is no alternative way forward. That is the reason why, in the coming years, measuring ESG performance will be the gold standard of business adherence to stakeholder value. Many businesses do not have an interest in making the world better, and some will be tempted to engage engage in green or woke washing, but they'll be forced to commit to ESG. And ultimately all the commitments will be put to the test by government action and societal pressure. Wow. They're just saying it, dude. Let me see if I can make this bigger. Probably not. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, uh, me slow internet here. Uh, I don't know. I can't read them here. It says not too distant future. They will have a similar obligation to report on ESG metrics. Several initiatives have been undertaken to determine the best way to achieve this. The stakeholder capitalism metrics of the world, world economic forum is a major one. They will converge towards a standardized ESG performance metrics that works across industries and countries. And that is supported by global standard setters. Such initiatives tend to be led by business but a globally accepted system of sustainability reporting will be a concerted effort of... Yikes. So, whoops. Why are... He, this is again James Lindsay, another tweet. Why are they going after Spotify because of Rogan? Here's your answer. In a direct nod to Marcuse's youth rebellion, of course, that's why they have to program them in schools to be this ESG red guard. In parallel societal pressures and rising activism will accelerate the pace at which companies embrace stakeholder value and will force the reluctant ones to convert to the cause. There is ample evidence that consumers increasingly favor products and services from companies that are more ESG compliant. Accordingly, CEO, CEOs now consider that adopting sustainable practices is the new price of entry to compete. Oh, I think I already read some of this. This trend will amplify as millennials and Gen Z 
acquire greater prominence in the workforce. The young generations continually hammer home the truth that they have a majority stake in what the future yields because environmental degradation, climate change, and rising inequalities will have a disproportionate impact in their lifetimes. The latter already represent a major impediment in terms of accessing decent housing. What? This is exhausting. In light of this, business adherence to ESG considerations will become increasingly relevant to sustainable value creation. The price of not doing so will be just too high in terms of the wrath, the wrath of activists, both social and investors. Wow. Wow. The wrath of activists. That sounds pretty dang severe to me. Lord. Yikes. My God, the stuff that's happening on Twitter right now is ridiculous. Fans celebrate The Weeknd's birthday. The Weeknd is extremely demonic. Extremely, extremely, extremely. There's wonderful articles about him and his sickness on uh, Vigilant Citizen. Um, yeah, Quebec or Quebec is canceling its vaccine passport program in the wake of national protest. Trudeau is alone. Um, I want to see if that's true. Quebec. Oh, what is the phrase? Canceling a uh, Quebec. Canceling vaccine. Let's see. Huh. Yeah, it is true. Says the internet. Because I'm reading off the internet. Quebec's vaccine passport may soon be a thing of the past. Says Legault. I don't know how you say that. I'm sure it's French. I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. Obviously, it's French. Let's see. Quebec Premier Francois Legault, whatever, said Monday that he's trying to heal divisions and that will that with more stable COVID-19 numbers, the province's vaccine passport may may no longer may soon no longer be needed. He also told Prime Minister Justin Trudeau he doesn't want the legal he doesn't want the Federal Emergencies Act invoked in the province. He told reporters in. I'm not sure to pronounce this, some location. Longue, I can't say, I don't know French, dude, basically. As the province's COVID-19 hospitalizations continue to decline and restrictions are, restrictions are lifted, the need for proof of vaccination may end, he said. So interesting uh, that Trudeau seems to be the probably last leg of uh, tyrannical government overreach of not backing down. In fact, he did invoke some sort of insanity. Um, so that's interesting. Oh yeah. Let's see what the recent, uh, update about Trudeau is. Uh, hmm. Who do we want to read from, from Bloomberg, Fox News, Associated Press? Uh, Let's read. Oh, well, this is Reuters, so whoop-dee. Canada's Trudeau invokes emergency powers in bid to end protests. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau on Monday activated rarely used emergency powers in an effort to end protests that have shut some U.S. border crossings and paralyzed parts of the capital. Under the Emergencies Act, the government introduced measures intended to cut off protesters' funding and took steps to reinforce provincial and local law enforcement with federal police. Huh. Uh, he is just one sick puppy. 
Moving on. Reporting on inmates. This is just, ugh. I hate reading these articles. They're pretty painful. Reporting on inmates' gender identity to be disallowed under new Washington state bill. The Women's Liberation Front urges caution with the passing of this bill, which still has to clear the Washington State Senate. A new bill that passed the Washington State House of Representatives changes the guidelines for reporting of information about prison inmates while they are incarcerated and after their release. The bill adds exemptions from disclosure requirements to information held by the Department of Corrections. It prohibits the disclosure of records that would expose a person's gender identity, specifically in service to transgender inmates. I'm so sick of this trash. I'm so sick of these demonic, satanic people that are confused about what they are in this world and how they reject being made in God's image and how many, how much rights they get, how much protection. It's ridiculous. The bill states that any sensitive records that would disclose information about an incarcerated individual's is transgender intersex, I love how they always lump in intersex or transgender, which is just absurd, non-binary or gender non-conforming status, sexual orientation, genital anatomy, or gender affirming care or accommodations other than the person's preferred name and pronouns are exempt from disclosure. Absurd. The bill further states that in the event that records that would disclose gender identity were requested, the Department of Corrections can refuse to release them without providing a reason why. Wow. If the DOC refuses the disclosure of sensitive records that would disclose the identity of a non, of a, excuse me, confidential informant or an information about an incarcerated individual's gender nonconforming status, sexual orientation, genital anatomy, or gender affirming care, it is not required to provide a statement of the specific exemption authorizing the withholding or a brief explanation of how the exemption applies to the record or information withheld. Instead, in response to all public record requests, the DOC must notify requesters that this category of sensitive information is not subject to the statutory requirement that all, uh, I don't even care if I continue reading this. It's exhausting and um, I can't stand it. it. Literally, like I can feel my life force being like drained out of me reading this garbage. This whole article is about um, this woman that used to was, was Levi's brand. Pre I'm moving on from a different subject. Obviously I can't handle this gender crap. It's, it's too much. Yesterday I was Levi's brand president. I quit so I could be free. This is some woman that used to be clearly the brand president at Levi's. Um, I was trying to get a job at Levi's years ago, which big ass yikes. She turned out a $1 million severance in exchange for her voice. Basically, uh, I don't want to read this whole article. It's pretty long. But she wrote a um, Substack article about how she wound up turning down $1 million from Levi's because she was sticking up for her children and was trying to advocate for them to not have to wear masks and just trying to speak truth into the whole mask absurdity even though she was still in on the uh, a lot of woke stuff, but they still came after her. Let me see if I can skim this in any way. Uh, let's see. Her advocacy, advocacy has always been focused on kids. She was vice president of marketing. Um, let's see. Uh, she wrote op-eds, appeared on local news shows, attended meetings with the mayor's office, organized rallies, and pleaded on social media to get the schools to open during the whole COVID 
shenanigans. Um, she was condemned for speaking out. She was called a racist. Strange accusation that I, she has two black sons. She was called a eugenicist and a QAnon conspiracy theorist. In the summer of 2020, I finally got the call. You know when you speak, you speak on behalf of the company. Our head of corporate communications told me, urging me to pipe down. I responded, my title is not in my Twitter bio. I'm speaking as a public school mom of four kids. But the calls kept coming from legal, from HR, from a board member, and finally from my boss, the CEO of the company. I explained why I felt so strongly about the issue, citing data on the safety of schools and the harms caused by virtual learning. While they didn't try to muzzle me outright, I was told repeatedly to think about what I was saying. Meantime, colleagues used posted nonstop about the need to oust Trump in November in the November election. I also shared my support for Elizabeth Warren in the Democratic primary and my great sadness about the racially instigated murders of uh, George Floyd, whatever, instigated racially. It's not, uh, anyway, I'm not gonna even go into that. I think that, well, I've already talked about this, the whole George Floyd thing, I think it's 100% he was paid off to do that. It was all a ploy to, I mean, because like how would this BLM thing set off if that whole, George Floyd thing didn't happen. I think it was a whole setup. It was an act like I, you know, whether or not he was paid off or was like, take care of my family. I'll die for this cause, whatever. It's just, uh, or the, you know, powers that be chose out some criminal black man. Who's nothing to be praised at all. George Floyd is a criminal dude. Held up a pregnant woman, you know, gun to her belly. It doesn't matter. You point a gun at anyone that's pregnant. It's absurd. Anyway, um, let's see. So yeah, he, she goes on to talk about how she took a stand on political issues that impact her employees. She's spoken out on gay rights, voting rights, gun safety, and more. The response this time was different. Quote, we don't weigh in on hyper-local issues like this, she was told. There's also a lot of potential negatives if we speak up strongly, starting with the numerous execs who had kids in the private schools in the cities. She refused to stop talking. She kept calling out hypocritical and unproven policies. I'll keep reading from the article instead of trying to say she. I met with the mayor's office and then eventually uprooted my entire life in California. I lived there for 30 years and moved my family to Denver. So whatever. I'm like, that's not even a better choice at all. Uh, Colorado is very blue, sadly. Blah, blah, blah. She went on Laura Ingram's uh, show on Fox News and that appearance was the last straw. The comments from Levi's employees picked up about me being anti-science, about me being anti-fat. I'd retweeted a study showing a correlation between obesity and the poor health outcomes about me being anti-trans. I tweeted that we shouldn't ditch Mother's Day for birthing people's day because it left out adoptive and stepmoms and about me being racist because San Francisco's, San Francisco's public school system was filled with black and brown kids and apparently I didn't care if they died. They also castigated me from my husband's views, COVID views, as if I, as his wife, were responsible for the things he said on social media. All this drama took place at a regular town halls, a company-wide meeting I had looked forward to, but now dreaded. Meantime, I'm so used to people writing meanwhile, but anyway. Meantime, the head of diversity, equity, and inclusion of the company asked that I do an, an apology tour. Apology. I was told that the main complaint against me was that, quote, I was not a friend of the black community at Levi's. I was told to say that I'm an imperfect ally. I refuse. I love how everything always turns back to racism. Like no matter what you do, if you say that you're pro-Trump or you're pro-freedom, um, you're somehow racist. Like no matter what, it's absurd. I actually got a comment the other day about that. And I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Um, let's see. 
Um, let's, I'm just going to scroll down here. She was basically on track to, uh, well, she had a dinner with the CEO and she was told that she was on track to become the next CEO of Levi's. The stock price is, well, oh, let me see. The only thing sitting in her way, he said, was me. All I had to do was stop talking about the school thing. Looks like it's a photo of her at some gay pride in 2015 in the, uh, in the article. But the attacks would not stop. Anonymous trolls on Twitter, some with nearly half a million followers, said people should boycott Levi's, uh, Levi's until I had been fired. So did some of my old gymnastics. She used to be some gymnast. Well, she had this whole story about being a gymnast and bringing uh, Levi's pants over to uh, Poland or Russia or somewhere and exchanging the pants for uh, like um, gymnastic leotards. Anyways, how, how proud she was of um, exchanging Levi's because it was a very Americana thing at the time. Well, it used to be an Americana thing. So let's see. They called the company ethics hotline and sent emails. Sounds like she's being canceled. Every day, a dossier of my tweets and all of my tweets interactions were sent to the CEO by the head of corporate communications. At one meeting of the executive leadership team, the CEO made an offhand remark that I was acting like Donald Trump. I felt embarrassed and turned my camera off to collect myself. See, they always just like, they'll forever use a January 6th, Donald Trump. Uh, did I already say January 6th? Um, you know. George Floyd. I don't know. They'll just always do those things. Those the tenets of, I guess, coming up against someone or trying to cancel someone. They'll use those classic, you know, red cards, I guess, on the play. Um, let's see. In the last month, the CEO told me that I was untenable for me to stay, that it was untenable. I was offered a $1 million severance package, but I knew I'd have to sign a dis non-disclosure dis agreement about why I'd been pushed out. Money would have been nice, but I just can't do it. Sorry, Levi's. So uh, she never sent out to blah, blah, blah. She doesn't like to fight. Blah, blah, blah. Corporation doesn't believe in that now. It's trapped trying to please the mob and silencing any dissent without the organization, uh, within the organization. In this, it is like so many other American companies held hostage by intolerant ideologues who do not believe in genuine inclus inclusion or diversity. Yeah, exactly. In my, in my more than two decades at the company, I took my role as manager most seriously. I helped mentor and guide promising young employees who went on to be a blah, 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 blah. Talks about herself a lot, which obviously she, she should. Um, yeah, sad. You know, um, it's amazing that she didn't take that severance package, though, because she found her voice to be much more uh, important. So kudos to you, uh, Jennifer Say, even though... Honestly, this is what happened. They eat their own. She was obviously very woke in her ways and actually every way, except for uh, her kids and being masked and whatnot and having to uh, wanting to open the schools. You know, she's all like, oh, no, George Floyd. And she was woke in every way. But the COVID narrative. So I think it's kind of funny that they will inevitably always eat their own. You know, if you're not a perfect woke individual, you will be shut out and flat out canceled. And that's clearly what happened to this woman. So, you know, hopefully that obviously woke her up. I hope, I don't know if it's obvious actually to how destructive wokeism is. So I don't know how we're going to come back from this, honestly, but uh, just keep hanging in there and I don't know, turn off your phone. If you can help it, get into some sort of hobby where you don't have to be on your phone or computer and do the doom scroll um, you know, I found for me making earrings, sewing, um, I don't know, finding things that 
how do you not be on your phone is so important. Opening your Bible, praying, getting involved with people that can pray with you or pray for you, helping each other out in that sense is so critical in these times. So hang in there, y'all. Um, you can support my podcast by heading over to subscribestar.com forward slash distorted lens or paypal.me forward slash LP foster kittens for a one-time donation of whatever amount you'd like. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Hang in there and God bless. Oh, also wait, if you can leave a review on Apple podcast, it'd be amazing. Uh, best of all, it's absolutely free. You don't have to do a dang thing except for head over to uh, the Apple podcast app and navigate to my podcast and scroll down and leave a review. That'd be awesome. It helps out with visibility and just it's totally free and it would mean a lot. So um, yeah, hang in there, you guys. God bless. Thank you.